on this episode of Sex and Healing. But the biggest piece of the feminine is how do I feel as I visualize what I'm doing and as I start to work on my to-do list or whatever it is, how do I, how do I feel in this journey? I feel like this is my story. I feel like men tell me that I'm too much. This, there's a part that I would invite you to own that fucking too muchness. And at that any moment, I am too much. If, if this is too much for you to handle, this is my superpower, you know, and I invite you to meet me here. But I look at the way that she lived her life and I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to work for somebody else. I don't want to work until I'm fucking 50, 60 years old and then finally enjoy myself when my body is like crippling down and I'm like not mobile. Like, what's that, you know? That's a very feminine quality to receive that guidance. We have to be willing to let that come in. You know, that's a state of surrender as well to say, okay, I'm going to give up my sense of control, my ideas of right and wrong, my ideas of good and bad and success and failure. And I'm going to trust this little fucking voice that's asking me to do something really quite fucking illogical and crazy. And welcome back to the Sex and Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kiner, and thank you so much for joining me as we take a wild ride together through the realms of sex and healing. So my kitten right now is being an absolute psychopath, which is not a great time because we're about to start recording kitten, (laughs) but I hope he goes to sleep very shortly. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'm very excited to share with you that I have a new online program coming up. It's a six-week journey called Meet the Goddess. So I am very, very excited to lead you women into a deeper experience of your own personal relationships with many different aspects of the divine feminine and the goddess. So keep your ears out. I'll share more about that throughout this episode. And again, all the links that you will need are in the show notes. For whatever reason, I am stinking hot today, even though I'm sitting in my room with the air conditioning on. So I've decided to take off my shirt and just record in my bra, although you can't see that on the podcast and those on YouTube can only see my shoulders. (laughs) But this is sometimes what we need to do. And so on today's episode, I'm very excited to introduce you to my wonderful friend, albeit new friend, the beautiful Amanda Bickham. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, love. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. You are another one of the goddesses who I came across on Instagram, and we're both here in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, in Bali, we're surrounded by a lot of people on Instagram. And as I always say, you know, we've got to look for that authenticity. We've got to go beyond not all that glitters is gold. So the way that I'm perhaps viewing or scrolling might be different from most people. But what I'm really looking for is that very truthful and authentic expression of who someone is, not what someone's trying to portray, not a persona or an identity that someone's holding on to. But I'm looking for that real essential nature of someone and that's what I found when I came across your Instagram someone shared it with me and I was like this girl's in Bali 
Oh, I need to be a <laughs> Magic. Yes. And then what? We're like 500 meters from each other. Lo and behold, we live right near each other as well. So I feel very blessed that you came into my world. So it's awesome, awesome, awesome to share you with my audience. Um, my kitten mm, is also being a psychopath. I do apologize. Oh, <laughs> I had I chicken for lunch. Um, yeah, he's uh, hiding here at the moment. I hope he's going to calm down. But I had chicken for lunch and he didn't get any, so he's not very happy about it. He's all revved up for food, as barley cats do. <laughs> yeah, right. They can be They can be intense. They might try to take off your arm. My cat was, like, biting my arm. I'm like, hey, this is not your food, okay? <laughs> yeah, I have my toes attacked at, like, 6 a.m. this morning. I was like... That's a new thing that we're not going to be tolerating before mama gets out of bed. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so I shared, we went to dinner last night and had a fantastic dinner. And actually, which I haven't told you yet this morning, as we were leaving, you had said to me, oh, I feel really activated. Thanks so much for like juicing me up in this way. And I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I'm so activated as well. So thank you <laughs> to be able to like stimulate each other in that kind of beautiful uh, expansive and delicious kind mm. of way. But what I shared with you over dinner last night was that in the short period of time that I've known you, you've already had a big impact on my life. And in particular, when it comes to really trusting, living and being and working in particular from my feminine. So I would love to open the floor for you to share some of your beautiful wisdom about what it means. What is the divine feminine? Like what is your understanding? You know, we throw that word around a lot, but really what does that mean to you? And, and what is your body of work in the world? Hmm. Yes, yeah, so the first thing that comes comes is just to take a moment to feel, right? So it's like when I think about the feminine, it's about feeling. It's about feeling your experience in this moment, feeling the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, you know, feeling this container that we're creating right here. It might seem that it's over, you know, a Zoom room, but what we actually have is a field of energy that's emitting between both of us. And the feminine, you know, the feminine is a complex. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of different aspects. <laughs> like it's been a whole like course on trying to help people understand what the feminine is. But in, in simple terms, where the masculine is our kind of more of our mental body, it's the structure, it's the doing, not always doing, it can be the consciousness if it's in divine form. But in general, it's the structure, it's the discipline, it's the moving, it's the action. The feminine is everything that's in between. And one of the ways that I often describe describe this to people is, okay, it's the feminine that makes the house a home. Mm. So you have the structure and you have everything in it. You have the bed, you have the nightside table, you have the, but it's the feminine that comes in. And if you're in the spiritual world, we use like shaktify. Yeah. (laughs) It's the feminine (laughs) that comes in and puts her energy and her magic. It's the details. It's the energy behind things. And so when we're working with the feminine in our daily lives, it's how can we tune beyond the things that are maybe super obvious of the, of our to-do list, the things that we have to get done or the things that, you know, society tells us we need to do in order to be whatever it is we're striving to be. And how can we drop deeper into our feeling body and say, okay, I know this is where I'm going. I have the vision of where I'm going. I know these are the things that in a three-dimensional world, am I to do this that I have to do, spirit says, or people say, or my marketing guru or my coach or whatever it is, this book says I need to do in order to get there. But the biggest piece of the feminine is how do I feel 
as I visualize what I'm doing and as I start to work on my to-do list or whatever it is, how do I, how do I feel in this journey? Because where the masculine oftentimes wants to just get there and wants to reach the goal because the masculine loves to achieve the feminine, you know, you're in the feminine when you can be in timelessness, you know, you're in the feminine when you can completely lose track. This is why sex is so great for the feminine, right? We just want more and more and more because we lose ourselves in it. So the feminine is how can I really truly show up for myself and enjoy every step of the way instead of thinking that I'm going to get there one day and that's going to be the thing that makes me happy, makes me fulfilled, makes me excited, makes me turned on, whatever it is. So my practice is like a continuation of ah, how can I feel? How can I feel into what feels the most expansive for me today? It doesn't mean that I don't do the things on the to-do list, but it means that I might look at the things on the to-do list and say, okay, what feels like the thing that would bring me the most expansion today? And I can work from that and then from there find more and more and more expansion. Yes, I saw a reel that you made on Instagram similar to that, like how a woman might show up to her laptop in the morning when she's in her masculine versus how she would show up if she's in her feminine energy. And I was like, oh, girl, that's so good because so often when I know I've got a work day, like I check my calendar the night before I go to bed and I'm like, okay, what's tomorrow? This is what the energy I need to be in. This is what I'm going to achieve. I go to sleep and I wake up. And before I even open my eyes, my fucking brain is already thinking about the day ahead. Mm. You know, it's already visualizing the calendar. I've got it color coded. So I know where I have to be switched on. Everything's bright purple. I know when it's like this nice peachy color when I'm in a receiving or a social mode. But my brain is already like, this is what you need to be doing today. And I'm like just starting to stir in the morning. And so often when I open the laptop, I've already been in that masculine mindset for quite a while before I even sit down to my first appointment or commitment for the day. And when I saw that reel of yours where actually you were just lighting some incense and feeling into it and maybe drawing a card and seeing what you felt like doing, I was like, fuck, Erin, you've got to drop that. Like it's, mm. it's not enough to just do less. It's about the yeah. energy that I'm doing less from. Like doing less is very, very, very fucking important. Oof. But I can mm-hmm. do less and still be – all up in my freaking head from the second my eyes yeah. are barely open. So yeah, that was yeah. really um, pivotal for me. And since getting back from Australia, really having a very difficult time traveling Australia, I've really been trying to embody this feminine way of being and appreciating the life that mm. I've built here and appreciating the fucking luxury that we have of living in such a, a nature filled, abundant, sacred, spiritual place. And so a big part of that was like, just do less Erin. Like, yes, it's nice to think about everything that we can do. And fuck, man, if I had the power, I would do so much. I would achieve so much. I know I've got the capacity for that much achievement. But just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Just because we're, we've got eight hours in the calendar a day doesn't mean we should be filling eight hours in the calendar of the day. Just because we can yeah. pump out an email sequence of 20 emails in a go doesn't mean that we should be pumping out emails from that energy. So as actually, why don't you share a little bit with us about exactly what it is your business that you're, your service in the world. 
Yeah, well, I mean, just speaking into what you just shared, like the feminine, she is present and enjoys everything she's doing. So it doesn't mean that you can put if you have these emails that you have to do, it's like looking at your to do list and saying like, okay, how can I bring pleasure into this experience? So something as simple as okay, in the morning, the way that I can wake up and really feel into myself and still get all those things that I need to do done is I want to create a space and environment that makes me feel juicy and that makes me feel relaxed because I want to, I want to channel these emails. Why do I want to channel these emails? Because I want to receive the people who are meant to be inside my program or this, that, and the Mm -hmm. other. But if I'm coming at it from like, I have to do this thing versus like, Oh, I feel so good. Oh my gosh. I'm on my sheepskin rug right now. And I have my salt (laughs) rock lamp and I have my tarot card that I just pulled. Yes. That's super inspiring. Okay. I got my candle over here. It's the middle of the day, but I'm already in ceremony. I'm already in pleasure I'm in my robe you know so like I think like basically like what I do is helping women come back to the feminine in all aspects of their lives so there's just your everyday life like how many of us women especially women like you and I especially women like probably most of your audiences you want to fucking go out there and drive I mean it's Mm -hmm. only been I was just hearing this the other day um that in America only since the 1930s were women allowed to have their own bank account only since the 1930s. That is not that long ago, right? That's less than a hundred years ago. And so you have this like revolution of women and we've gone through a big wave, right? We had the feminist movement and now we're kind of like balancing out from that. And we're in this phase where women like us, we're like, wait, wait a second. I got a strong as fuck masculine. He can get shit done. He's, he's been (laughs) the one that's created everything that I have. He's the reason why I have the money. He's the reason why I have the, you know, the lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. But the challenge is, is that we can oftentimes lean too much in that masculine and we can forget, we can get so caught up in the doing, and this is for any gender, men or women, it doesn't matter. We can get so caught up in the doing that we have all the things, but we actually aren't happy, that we actually aren't enjoying it. Mm. And so the majority of my business is how can, first of all, I teach these concepts in a way that help people think about how they're showing up for themselves and whether it's in relationships, whether it's in their business, whether it's in the bedroom, Everything I do is around helping people reorientate themselves around the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine and bring more of this feminine of like, yes, wow, I feel so good in all the things that I have that I have to do. And I turn the have to do's to I get to do because it feels so fucking good when I do it. Mm -hmm. And now when I'm sitting down to write these emails, I'm feeling into myself and I'm feeling into everything that I've created based upon all that I've done. And I'm forecasting into my future, all the things that are going to continue to come to me because I'm living in a high vibration, because I'm living in an alignment of people are going to be inspired when they read this because I'm inspired when I sit down and I write this Mm. and it's a deconditioning, you know, everything is a deconditioning, even in our relationships. I know you know this very well, but like how many very masculine women end up being the masculine women in their relationships and what they really want is to be the feminine they really want to surrender but they don't feel like somebody else is masculine we talk about this all the time (laughs) it it takes a strong masculine to hold a strong masculine of a feminine yes and we get to learn how to surrender to our feminine so that the masculine which is the opposite polarity to us can rise and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing in life as well and so one of the biggest things with helping women drop into their feminine is get support you know, get support, whether it's a cleaner. I mean, the Bali helps us a lot, right? <laughs> we don't have to cook our food. We don't have to clean our houses. You know, there's like so much we get massages, yeah. but all of that really supports us in surrendering so that we can show up more fully in what it is we're here to do as women in the world or, or men. I'm not sure who your major audience is here, but yeah. 
And so I know you do a lot of work with men too, which is like outside of my scope of practice, mainly having identified as a lesbian for 12 years. Like I, I guess in so many ways I do hold that masculine energy in many, many areas of my life and I like it and I love it and I love my inner masculine. My inner masculine has incredible integrity. He is more of a man mm. than most men that I meet. <laughs> mm. I'm very proud of him. I am, as you say. Yeah, and you should But be, you yeah. actually do a lot of work supporting men on their journeys too. I'm curious to know about that, but also super curious to know how can we as women also support men to be, you know, more in the world and more of what we want without, you know, patronizing them or pushing them away from us. That's a great question. Let me just turn on my AC because when I get talking, all of a sudden it gets hot in here. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm not wearing a shirt because I am also super hot right now. (laughs) Bali, thank you. Yeah, so your question is about men. So um, what is the work I do with men? Was that the Mm -hmm. first question? Can you remind me? Yeah. Yeah. So the main work that I do with men, it started actually – back in the Me Too movement. So I was hosting women's circles and this is this is a this is really a big part of how I got started doing what I'm doing is through hosting women's circles. And I was hosting these women's circles and it, it was so deep and it was so powerful. And then I would host a couple of rituals and ceremonies for everyone. And my and the male friends that I had, they started saying, why don't we have this? Like, why don't we have, why, why isn't there, there's, oh, you guys have everything. The women have everything. They have your moon circles. You have your ceremony for this. You have your, you know, you <laughs> guys are always gathering. We don't have this type yeah. of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, if I created something like this for you, would you show up? Would you come? And they said, yeah, absolutely. If you were to hold a men's circle, we would come. And I'm like, wow. Women holding a man's circle. Okay. Like, I believe that I can do this. You know, like I do. I believe that I have the ability to hold you. I need you to actually step in and show up. And this was right around, I think it was 2017, when the major like shifts around the Me Too movement were happening. And I started to really, like, I had, a, I've always had a lot of respect for men. I've always had a lot of brothers, just as much as I've had mm-hmm. a lot of sisters in my life. And I started to see the flip side of the Me Too movement, Mm. how there was so much of this, you know, you did like victimization. You did this Mm -hmm. to us. You're wrong. You're this, you're that. And men were starting to freeze and like, wow. And yes, there is. It brought a lot of shadow. It brought a lot of light to the shadows that were happening in in men and women dynamics in in and outside of the workplace, etc. But it was completely missing the underlying piece. And the underlying piece is the fact that why is this happening? It's not about what's happening. It's about why is it happening? Why are men acting this way? What is actually, what is the pain? Hurt people hurt people. What is the pain that is happening in the masculine across the globe, across the planet for them to be acting out in this way? And so I started to dive deeper into that and I started to feel like I want to host men's circles. I want to be a part of the support system because I don't think the battle of the sexes of right and wrong and good and bad mm-hmm. is going to get us anywhere closer to where we want to be. Yeah. And so in hosting men's circles, I was almost like I got to be a fly on the wall and I got to really see what was happening inside men because we teach men, we teach men to be big boys, to grow up, to mm-hmm. put your big boy pants on, to be the strong ones, et cetera. And there's a lot of pressure that they feel and they don't have healthy outlets for expression, for emotion, for, for, for really honestly, just having other men to talk to about the amount of weight mm-hmm. they carry on their shoulders from having to be the masculine all the yes. time. 
And so my work started there with men. And then, of course, working with a lot of women, I hear a lot of their complaints around how men aren't showing up, how they're not being met sexually, how they're, you know, like, where the fuck are all the men? You know, they're in their masculine. And I started to really see there's a there's a disconnect between the reality that we see and feel and why we think men are this way or women are this way. And so a large part of my work with men has to do with helping them reconnect to their feminine. And we yes. would never say this, right? Yes. Like <laughs> we The whole time I was like, she's doing feminine work here. She's the Trojan yeah. horse in these men's circle, healing their feminine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is what's so funny. Like our, obviously our marketing is like, be the man, be your inner king, you know, be the man, you yeah. know, you're here to be because again, because the, the the story of what it means to be a man is so deeply wounded and so deeply disconnected. I mean, most men, when you say, um, can you drop into your feminine more? They're like, I don't want to be a pussy. I don't want to be a woman. But that has nothing to do with what this is about. And ultimately, if you want healthy relationships, because men are so like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get there and I'm going to receive this. Not my okay. Yeah. So of course, all of our marketing is aimed at teaching men that they need to be the strong stoic masculine and they need to drive and they need that the successful man has the seven cars and the millions in his bank accounts and you know all these things men men have that they get that but then they're they're deeply disconnected because they don't have fulfilling relationships because they've been suppressing their own relationship to their feminine and if a man wants to truly have like you ask any man what do you want like what do you truly want after he has achieved his success and even really truly honestly before he wants a partnership he wants a woman that he can come home to that can exalt him that can make him mm-hmm. feel like all the achievements that he is doing is it's worthwhile because he has mm-hmm. a deep queen a meaningful queen to come home to and like literally i hear this over and over and over again in in the programs that we run and so it's like men think that they want to spend all this money on their business coaching. And it's true because the feminine does want to be supported by you and you can have be the most successful man, but be shit at relationships. And you're going to feel deeply alone, depressed, disconnected, etc. And so we really teach men how to connect to the feminine and how to have better relationships with themselves, how to forgive themselves, their past, their, their childhood wounds, how to work on their traumas, how to rise into that king, that elevated, exalted man that deep down he knows he is and wants to be, but maybe doesn't know exactly exactly how to get there, how to have better sex, how to connect to her, how to become multi-orgasmic. Like our whole journey is just like kind of helping you become a a more full and whole man. And so, you know, going to like just this question of what can the feminine do? Like what can the feminine do to support the man? The first thing is babes, like drop out of your, drop out of your masculine. Like when you're with a man is, is the, the energetics. Remember, think of the feminine as the energetics. So if, if you want him to take out the trash or you want him to do the dishes, just take something simple, but inside you have your inner critic, your inner masculine controlling his fuck critic is like, he's not going to do it as good as I am. I'm going to come home and the trash isn't going to be taken out. I'm like, he doesn't ever do to wash the dishes. And when he does wash the dishes, there's still food pieces on it. Like that is going to be felt. And Mm. even if it's not said you're, you're creating an energy that he's not enough. You're making, you're emasculating him and you're making him smaller. 
If you want a man to really show up for you, see him as the king that you want him to be. Really like envision him as a man who does all of these things and stop controlling and trying to do it and being bitter because you're the one that's always doing all the things because you're not giving him the chance to meet you. And then this is where communication comes in. You know, the feminine expresses most through her body. You know, and then once she expresses through her body, whether she's excited, you know, you can kind of train, you can train humans, you Mm -hmm. can train them, you know, by, by, by saying, wow, I I felt so good to me when I came home and, and the, and the house was swept and the trash was taken out and the dishes were done. Oh, I just want to, you know, like you can, (laughs) you can express through your being and through your expression as a woman and that will register in the man's mind of like, wow, she really sees me. She honors me. She liked this. And now I'm going to get more sex or I'm going to get more of what I want. And so the feminine, like drop out of your masculine, stop thinking that it won't, or he won't, or they won't, whatever it is, support you, or you're not supported. Learn to surrender from your feminine and trust. If I chill and if I feel that I am worthy of receiving somebody who takes care of me and takes care of the dishes or whatever it is. And I just wait until it gets to a point where they do it, you know, instead of getting upset, like you never do the dishes, you know, like if I just wait and then potentially communicate, Hey, it would feel so good tonight. If I came home from work and the dishes were done and the trash was out, like I, if, if, if the dishes were done and the trash was out, that just might make me want to reach over and start slowly stroking the inside of your thigh. And I'll have all this extra energy to pleasure you, you know? So like we can use like, what do men want? Men want sex, right? What do women want? Women want to feel connected and supported and like they matter and that they're taken care of. We have different languages. So how do we work together to create the desired outcome, which is ultimately deeper intimacy and more connection. And so this is, this is kind of a way that women who are listening can start to think about where am I criticizing without maybe using my words and I'm doing shaming them energetically or telling myself a story that they're never going to do it. And how can I see him as the king and invite him to rise into that next exalted version of himself by being more expressive and communicating my desires so that he can feel that he's serving me because men ultimately mm-hmm. want to serve. They are here to provide. They, they get turned on by serving and providing and, and we get to support them in that by communicating what, what that means for us as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would completely agree that the patriarchy has fucked us all. You know, the, the suppression <laughs> of the feminine, which has caused so much pain to us and our female ancestors, that's undeniable, but it has been just as destructive to the masculine in a way that it's denied their feminine. What I find, though, as a very big presence, (laughs) as a very present presence as well, like nothing goes unseen in my world. And, you know, I've had men say to me, I'm not used to someone seeing all the way inside me before, that there's a certain level of disconnect that some men, lazy men, let's call them, want to get away with. It's like this is my perception anyway. Uh, to be born as a woman, I've had a harder path in this lifetime, undeniably. Everything that we have had, we've had to work for in a different kind of way because of the patriarchal society that we're in. For men and certainly white men and privileged men and cisgendered men have a level of 
ease that comes with their life path because of this patriarchal society. Yes, they've got the damage and they've got difficulty they have to combat as well, but to a certain degree, they get an easier path. And so what I see is a lot of men who just choose easy. They go, oh, that Mm. woman's a bit much. She's calling me out of my shit. I just want to come home and switch Mm. off. I've been fucking working all day. I just want to fucking play computer games and she's going to get on my back again. Because, you know, we're so Mm. attuned to when they switch out of presence and we're so hurt Mm -hmm. by the fact that they'll switch off like that. And so those kind of men and a woman like me are not compatible. I don't want a man who chooses easy ever. But what I recognize is that there's women who are still in a disconnect from themselves as well. Like often that's a match. Like I don't want to do my inner work. You don't want to do your inner work so great. We can hide from ourselves with each other and we'll have these tacit silent agreements that say, never push my buttons and I won't push yours. Don't open that door and I won't open this one. You know, like yeah, that's the kind of family systems that I grew up in. It was like, let's just avoid yeah. all of that stuff and we'll exist in this tiny little square and just pretend that none of that other stuff is happening. Whereas who I am as a deeply yeah. emotional and deeply present person is like, uh-uh, we're going to look at that. We're going to transform that. We're going to change that. But, you know, certainly many of the experiences that I had is that is too much for men, too much, Mm. you know, that the feminine is too much, that our emotions are too much, that our demands, our yearning, our wanting, our like constantly seeking something from them is too much. And so is that a pattern that you see in the men that you work with or are there men out there that are craving these kind of women? You know, the first thing that I go to is my own experience, right? So I believe that like we are energetic beings and this is like the more work I do with the feminine, the more I understand how important energy is. You know, we have, especially living in Bali, we understand that there's, there's just so much that you can do with energy. (laughs) This is the subtle, right? It's like, it's almost like the energy is more important than the gross, but yet all, and this is when you get into quantum leaps and you get into, you know, I mean, Joe Dispenza's work, whatever it is, it's all about shit moving beyond the gross matter that you see. And so when I, when I look at my life, like when I hear you ask that question, I don't, I don't often get that. I don't get that story of like, you're too much, your emotions are too much, you're asking for too much, because I don't believe that there's no part of me that believes that I'm too much. I believe fully Mm -hmm. in 100%. And we all have belief systems that are both subconscious and comes from wounding. Like I have different patterns of wounding that plays out in different places. You know, when Mm -hmm. it comes to men, though, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't see or, or I don't feel that that's not in my field. And I feel like in relationships, we attract people who will amplify our wounds so that we can claim our willing, our deserving of what it is that we are no longer going to be a victim to, you know, it's like, I am not too much. Actually, I am so much and I'm going to give you so much. And that is my fucking superpower. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're going to be with me, you're going to go deep and you're going to go in there. And if you're not willing to go there, then guess what? Thank you so much. Somebody else will. (laughs) And so in my personal experience, like that doesn't come up. Um, when I hear men in my program, the biggest challenge for men is that they don't understand the feminine, that they want to do the best they can. And oftentimes men actually feel like they can't be themselves. So here's the thing. And again, relationships are just mirrors, right? So it's like, we're all mirroring each other. If, if, if the feminine feels like she's too much, and I hear this a lot from women, they feel like they're too much. This is a very common feminine wound. The masculine feels like he's not understood. 
and and but the masculine is rejecting parts of his feminine so he's not allowing himself to access his too muchness or his too emotionalness so like the men that you potentially any woman who is having the too the too much wound is potentially attracting a man who hasn't integrated his feminine and so the biggest mm. teaching the biggest learning that you can gift a man who is open to receive you fully mm-hmm. is that through your being in the feminine and owning your emotions. So there's there's a big difference as well. As women, we also aren't taught that our emotions, we're taught it's too much, you're too emotional, da, 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 da. Well, those are our wounds of society projecting onto yes. us that are making us feel small and insecure. So if we as women can be in our emotions, but not expect the masculine to hold us in our emotional waves, if we have the tools, if we have the practices, if we have the emotional intelligence to say, I am a fucking lot and I have a lot of emotions and I feel everything and I'm going to take you to the highest highs and you may also go to the lowest lows. But guess what? I have the tools and the practices. I'm not going to project my shit onto you and make you responsible for holding me because I can hold myself. And this is where you have a strong inner masculine and a strong inner feminine. And in that, in being able to hold your emotions and express your emotions, not project them, own them, move through them, feel them, you become a transmission for everyone, not only the women around you, but for your partners or for the men, because men were never taught this. Men, I mean, I hear men say this to me all the time. Amanda, I learned so much about the feminine from you. Like being around you, I learned so much about the feminine because I'm constantly feeling and tuning into like what is needed in any moment. And so we have this opportunity to teach each other. And so if a man is is creating the story that you're too much, if anyone is listening and says, I feel like this is my story, I feel like men tell me that I'm too much. This there's a part that I would invite you to own that fucking too muchness. And if at any moment I am too much, if, if this is too much for you to handle, this is my superpower, you know, and I invite you to meet me here because when we're playing in that box, as you mentioned, how much of life are we experiencing? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, we actually love the fucking drama, right? Like we live for the drama. The drama is the Leela. It's the play of life. It's actually what makes things taste good and feel good. If we live in this little vanilla box, like you're only going to experience this much pain and this much pleasure. And we were talking about this right last night, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can experience the fucking pain, my God, you can experience so much pleasure. Exactly. And, and, and there's, this is, I really feel like, you know, the teaching that we get to do also as women, you know, let me teach you how to fucking feel M- many men, you know, in our program, we teach full body orgasms and how to become multi-orgasmic. And the reason why men don't have as much, don't think they have as much pleasure capacity as women is because they've been shutting themselves off from their feelings for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? When you feel, whether you're a woman or you're a man, or, or you're a man, if, when you start to feel, you're going to feel a lot of fucking shit. You're going to probably feel a lot of things that you don't want to yeah. feel. Shit from your childhood, shit from your ancestral yeah. lines. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff. But we or me and you and us in this field will teach you how to feel so that you're not a victim to these feelings. Yeah. So that these feelings inspire you and empower you rather than drown you and suffocate you and make you continue to wear masks to where you feel that you're not actually living your authentic truth or your best life. Yes. And I have a Instagram TV that I did maybe 18 months ago called How Emotions Can Enrich or Inhibit Your Sexuality. And in that I talk Oof. about 
when we haven't done that work, I consider those emotions, those unfelt emotions to be like a skanky Tupperware container that you've shoved to the back of the fridge for the last three months and you don't want to fucking open it and you've got an idea of what's in there and you're just going to keep just operating the fridge and just pretend you don't see that skanky thing at the back. But some days you go, Mm. maybe I should, and you start to open it and you're like, fucking no way, no, putting that back in. But the thing with emotions and this like suppressed emotional I pull emotions out of people as a big part of my job in many, many ways. It can be this really, really dense, dark, painful stuff that's lodged in our physical body, that's lodged in our emotional and energetic bodies. But once you pull it out, once you get that Tupperware container out and you go through it, which isn't very fucking nice, but you fucking get rid of it, you don't have to feel that pain again. But if you only go part of the way, if you start to go in and then freak yourself out and then come back out, it's going to feel like it's an endless thing that never goes away. But to move through it and to transmute those emotions all the way through, that then makes us this clear emotional channel. So when we have our emotions, when we bring our emotions to our sexuality, they become this very appropriate, real response to what's happening in the moment. It's not all my past pain. It's not all the stories that I had from the last dude that fucked me over. It's not my issues with my parents that you're paying the price for. It's actually just a pure, pure emoting. So I found out in human design that I have the channel of emoting, (laughs) which makes me basically have superhuman levels of feeling. And it is very, very intimidating for people. Part of my human design is to initiate people into emotionality and spirituality and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I can see that. I can see how my feelings are a tidal wave that is incredibly intimidating. And past partners have said that to me too. I would shut you down. I would shut your feelings down because I didn't want to feel my own shit. And that's what your family have been doing to you your entire life. I'm like, yeah, when people, A, don't have the capacity for emotions that I have and B, have their own woundings and their own suppressed emotions and I am the most terrifying fucking thing in the world to them. (laughs) Totally. I'm going to make them feel. I did a poem on my Instagram just last week as well saying I'm going to make you feel. I'm going to pull you into those feelings because, like you say, it's what fucking enriches life. It's what adds color to this entire experience of life. I can't imagine a life not like I would be devastated. Like I have my moments of shutdown and avoidance. Like if I'm really fucking hurt, hurt, I actually do go into a sense of shutdown and withdrawal, but it takes a lot for me to get there. But I know what it's like to go through this life, not feeling as well. And actually even being a drug addict when I was younger, same thing. I was desiring to not feel. I had so much pain that drugs took it away. Drugs make me, made me feel. Yeah confident it was all false it was an illusion but it made me feel like I wasn't burdened by so much fucking emotional pain but yeah you know emotional healing is a very real thing it's like to not do the emotional work can leave us in situations where it impacts relationships it can make us very physically sick you know I do see a lot of people in later stages of their life dealing with physical illness that's directly related to their emotional health and their lack of healing that they've 100%. done about these things. That Tupperware container at the back of the fucking fridge cannot be ignored forever. It, the mold will start fucking growing out of it. It's going to take over the whole fucking shelf. It's like that stuff gets nasty. But if we can have that courage, it truly, it takes courage to feel. And it does. It does. And to know, you know, even some of my dearest friends now still have this kind of fear around feeling or getting stuck in these states. Nothing's permanent. Nothing, no matter what we're feeling, no matter how deep that pain is, no matter how fucking agonizing that grief is, 
it will actually pass. And the more we can go into it, the more we can feel it in its fullness, the faster it will actually pass. So enjoy the fucking roller coaster. Life is more fun on the roller coaster than the merry-go-round. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, Take the yes, highs amen. when they're there. Enjoy amen. the highs and don't have an expectation or grasp to those moments either because they're going to be fluid yeah. and fluctuate and we'll go down into those depths. And you know what we're feeling on the planet as emotional people is not just our emotion at the moment, but the emotion of what's happening globally on the planet. It's very heavy. We spoke about it last night. It's been such a heavy week for almost everyone we know. Yeah. The, that would yeah. be the second week of August. If, if you're listening to this podcast now, we had a podcast scheduled and you were the first one of my scheduled interviews to say, hey, I'm not feeling good can we reschedule? But then ironically, I couldn't do a single podcast that week. Anyway, we're all feeling it. So we have this freedom now. We've graced ourselves. We've granted ourselves with this freedom to honor those emotional states and to say, my being needs rest today and I need solitude and I need whatever it is. But that takes so much fucking courage to trust that. Mm. So what was it like for mm. you, certainly as a business owner, to start mm. or perhaps you even started there with that courage to say, I'm going to honor my femininity today. And like, yeah, maybe I can channel 20 fucking emails and pump it out and I feel amazing. And then another day it's like, fuck, I've got that shit to do. And all I want to do is cocoon in my bed and not see the world. Yeah. How did you navigate that? What was that like for you? Well, I burned out. <laughs> Classic, and I think many of Classic us have. Story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hands yeah, up in the audience. You know, <laughs> Who's burnt out? <laughs> yeah, because it's like the world teaches us that to be in a masculine structure world where every Monday through Friday you're supposed to show up the same as you do. And just by the very fucking biology, we are not the same. One of the number one things I teach any woman who goes through any sort of my programs, it's connect to your menstruation cycle. You are not the same on day one as you are on day 14, as you are on day 25. It's drastically different. And, you know, like me not understanding the very essence of what makes me feminine, which is my hormonal cycle. The thing that makes me bleed every month is also my superpower, Mm -hmm. but I was suppressing it and pushing it down and on birth control and all these things and like completely disconnected. And so coming from burning out and, you know, having this passion of like, I want to see a better world. I want to live a better world. I want to live a better life. I, don't, I look at my, I'm so grateful for my mom. She was amazing. She was a single mother. She did a fucking incredible job. But I look at the way that she lived her life and I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to work for somebody else. I don't want to work until I'm fucking 50, 60 years old and then finally enjoy myself when my body is like crippling down and I'm like mm-hmm. not mobile. Like what's that, you know? So, so I looked at that and I said, okay, like how can I build something differently And having burnt out, I I got to the point where I remember like lying on my back, being so passionate, being, you know, you were talking about being pissed off at God, you know, (laughs) in our journey last night. And I, I, you know, I, I was like, I was lying on my back and I said, I literally couldn't move for like two weeks. And I said, what do you want from me? Like spirit, it is so much easier to go wait tables and to be a bartender again and make good money and just fucking have drinks at the bars with my, like, if that's what you want me to do, then I will go do that. 
I believe that I'm here for something bigger. I believe that I'm here for a purpose. I believe in a better world. I believe that going in, not that there's anything wrong with serving tables or bartending, but I know that I can make a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. But if it's this fucking hard, like I tried my ass off in order to do the things and I was doing everything on my own. You know, I was instead of hiring coaches and like getting support. I was like, no, I had all these stories around money of like, I need to do it on my own because I don't, you know, all this stuff. And then I finally burned out. And then I started listening to my body and I started listening to my womb. I started listening to my cycles. And from that moment, it's been a slow integration of really, truly choosing to trust my body. And when I trust my body, I trust my intuition. When I trust my intuition, I trust the feminine. I trust the actual spirit matter, the thing that is making the synchronistic events and everything I've always been taken care of. Even when my mind said I wouldn't, even when my masculine was in fear because things weren't going the way I planned, I've always been taken care of. And when I can Mm -hmm. continue to surrender to that, even when I'm in fear, when I'm in panic, when the world's going into a crazy pandemic, if I can come back to my deep inner knowing, the divine connection that I am a part of something much, much, much bigger, then I can start to listen. When I'm not feeling good, I can say, hey, I'm not going to show up that well today. And I know that if I honor myself, this is rule number one of fucking being a feminine embodied being, honor your body, honor yourself. Because when I do that, I'm going to be able to show up so much more fully for you, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, for anything else that I'm doing, because I'm out of integrity, I'm out of alignment, I'm out of authenticity, authenticity if I'm showing up because I feel like I have to. And this Mm -hmm. is something so important that I hope everybody takes home is by being an embodiment, listening to yourself, listening to your feminine, honoring your yeses, honoring your no, whether in the bedroom or whether in, you know, your business or as a mom, you know, I know so many moms out there. You give other people permission. I have heard countless times, Amanda, you've given me permission to say no. You honor yourself so much. And now all of a sudden I realized all the ways in which I was doing things because I felt like I should and I wasn't actually truly honoring me. And that is a gift. This is how we create a new paradigm. This is how we create a new reality where we're not working in nine to fives that make us feel Mm -hmm. drained and exhausted and burning out because we're hitting somebody else's goals of some company that is actually damaging the planet. You know, this is how we start listening and creating a better world here. You and I have created our heaven on earth. Like we did this because we started listening and decided that we could do better And we're just living examples that if you see us and you are like, wow, she's so embodied. She's so sexually empowered. She lives her dream life in the middle of a pandemic. How the fuck did she do that? You know, like it's because of these principles, you know? Yes. You're fucking right. I always had that voice inside me too. That was like, this is not it. Especially when I was a drug addict, that voice was constant. This is not you. This is not your people. But back then I didn't know anything about creating my reality and like I was at the point where I was smoking ice every day and I remember getting in this taxi once and I was crying and he was like, tell me what's wrong, sweetheart. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And he kept persisting. Tell me, you're never going to see me again. Tell me what's wrong. Why are you crying? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, sulking my way through my come down. And, the taxi. and he yeah, just kept yeah. asking me. And so I said, fine, I'll tell you everything that's wrong in my life. Blah, 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 blah. And he said, is alcohol involved? And I was like, no. <laughs> as if I was like superior because I didn't drink alcohol. Erin, you were on crack. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we pulled up out the front of my house and he turned around and he looked me in the eye and he said, it sounds like you need to make a new life for yourself. 
And I gave up Mm. drugs in that moment, that fucking moment. Like that was a fucking angel. And he, he empowered me with choice for the first time. Sounds like you should create a new life for yourself. And I was like, what? I can create. I'm creating this. Like I just thought it was all happening to me. So that little voice, it was like, this is not you. This is not your people. I was like, fucking better go find my people. You know, better get myself out of these fucking dark, dense places. But I also know, as we discussed over dinner last night, my soul also loves the darkness. There is a part of me Mm -hmm. that can fucking do that, can overachieve at being a drug addict. That was honestly what would go through my head. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to be the best at this. (laughs) But that (laughs) same quality that got me in got me out. You know, it was that part of me that's always wanting more. But I do believe we have this voice inside of us that's calling us all to nature, Mm. that's calling us all back to a more simple way of living, away from fluorescent lighting, away from, you know, Instagram and online marketing, away from, like, toxins and food, you know, just all these things that we've completely normalized in the modern Western world. But I think our soul wants something very, very different. And you and I are brave enough to listen. I also... That's a very feminine quality to receive that guidance. We have to be willing to let that come in. You know, that's a state of surrender yeah. as well to say, okay, I'm going to give up my sense of control, my ideas of right and wrong, my ideas of good and bad and success and failure. And I'm going to trust this little fucking voice that's asking me to do something really quite fucking illogical and crazy, but I'm going to take mm-hmm. a step in that direction. And you mentioned it last night, that if the calling takes me back to Europe, there's part of me that's like, girl, you've got the dream life in Bali. Am I going to follow the calling? But we both have enough evidence that, fuck, we don't deny it now. But this is where it's led yeah. us. It's led us into these, and of, it, yes, it leads us, but it's up to us to take that action. It's up to us to mm-hmm. co-create, mm. to build this life for ourselves that has allowed us to, to truly be in our feminine. But Like, yes, it might seem like a lot to say, okay, I'm going to leave my life behind. I'm going to travel overseas. I'm going to build an online business. Like it doesn't start there. It starts much smaller. It starts with a little tiny niggle, a little tiny inkling that doesn't have too many consequences. And that's where we need to start and say, okay, I'm going to trust this this time. Like, hmm, this is a bit strange, but I'll go there. And then you go there. You take that one step in that one direction and you're like, fuck, that worked out better than what I could have thought. And it doesn't mean anything about any future steps. It doesn't, you know, I think, again, a lot of women in my world tend to go like, oh, I need to change my career, but I need to know what's coming next. It's like, well, no, you need one step, just one. Like, yes, it feels nice and the control makes you feel safe to kind of have the big picture understanding of everything, but we won't. And that actually stops us from truly being able to listen. If we just take that one step, we might have to turn 90 degrees to the left for the next step and then turn 175 degrees to the right for the next step. Like we don't fucking know. And we don't, it all makes sense when you look back and you see the fucking divine perfection of every step, every challenge, every lesson, every fall, every fucking gift of grace. It makes sense in the end. But to just start to listen And then from that place of listening, start to act, you will develop the trust and that trust to really be in our feminine is what allows you and I to say, doesn't feel right to do the podcast today. Oh, on a logical level, on a business level, on a scheduled content planning level, 
on yeah, a launch coming yeah. up and dates and all these fucking reasons yeah. why we could have. And both you and I were like, yeah. oh, girl, we know the fucking magic will happen when the magic is yes. meant to happen, not when we try and force yes. it or think it or would continue potentially to push ourselves to burn out because we're pushing through when the energy is not being provided for us to do that work. And so here we are today after having had a beautiful date last night and gone out for a beautiful meal and cocktails and like the energy starts coming back. And yet you and I both are in bed today still. And it's yeah, okay. And this is, it is okay. And this is, and this is what we get to normalize. And this is why we do what we do. You know, like everything you said, it's so deeply beautiful. It's like, I remember the first time that I felt like the call, like the calling. Here's the thing yes. about intuition. It starts small. It's like, Hey Amanda, don't forget to bring your, you should grab your water bottle before you go. Yes. And I'm like, no, I don't need my water bottle. It's just another thing I have to carry. And then I'm out and I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have had my water bottle. Yes, you know, exactly. That's small. <laughs> That's where it starts. It's like, Oh, I had this second thought. I should listen to it. You know, yes. it starts by checking in with your body. Oh, my body is not, I'm having candida consistently, or I'm, I'm, I'm regaining weight and it doesn't really make sense. Instead of shaming it or blaming it or taking a tab or taking a pill or something, you know, how many of the world is on antidepressants or anti-anxiety or anti whatever, you know, it's like, don't, you're just numbing yourself from getting mm -hmm. the answers that your body has. Like this is mm -hmm. where your wisdom lies. If you just stop suppressing it and pretending that it's not there and starts getting curious, huh? Okay. I know this sounds weird, but I keep having candida. So I'm going to talk to my pussy and be like, okay, pussy, what's going on here? What are you trying to tell me instead of, oh, I fucking hate this. I'm always having this. And this is, there's mm -hmm. something that your body is trying to tell you. And if you actually choose to listen and, and that takes a skill that takes, that takes someone like maybe you or I holding space for someone to actually begin to learn how to trust themselves because we've been so put on automatic mode and autopilot mode so that we're just these machines for someone else's mm -hmm. big, whatever plan there is that we, that we don't know these things because we weren't taught mm -hmm. these things because, mm -hmm. and this is what the rise of the feminine to me is all about, right? It's about, coming back home to your own divine knowing coming back home to your remembrance and that the feminine is yes. within us all we yes. all want to feel connected and a part of something bigger we all want to feel love in our hearts and it doesn't matter you know that's that's the most important thing it doesn't matter what color our skins are it doesn't matter if we're vaccine or no vaccine or that doesn't actually matter men women we all want to feel a part of something bigger yes. and this is what the feminine gets to teach us it's the mother that has the heart Yes, and the Cancerians like you and I, the Divine Mother. Like yep. I feel a very deep connection with Mother Mary. I'll be sharing that on future podcasts. Actually, some of these beautiful, fucking, crazy stories of listening and acting and being taken to the cave of Mary Magdalene in the south of France five years ago, seven years ago. Sorry, like wow. Yeah, the feminine is amazing. But I read this meme the other day that said, "Why were we taught to fear the witches and not the people that burnt them?" Oh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Why have we been taught that feminine power and intuition and wisdom and healing and connection with the earth and herbal medicine was the thing to be afraid of? Like that's what we're reclaiming. Yeah. I've got full body goosebumps. We're reclaiming oh my the innate feminine wisdom and power. And in my Mary Magdalene episode, I'm going to talk about the gospel of Mary, which has been removed from the Bible as we know it. They have found yeah. the gospel of Mary 
in multiple places around the world. Ancient copies of this message that said that Christ had a feminine counterpart who was his equal. So all of the feminist messages was were removed from the Bible as we know it, which has allowed the patriarchy to have control over women, over the feminine expression on the planet in all of its forms, and it's fucking coming back. It's coming back. (laughs) We're just going to take a quick break in the episode here to share some love for our amazing sponsor, Maeve. Pleasure is good for you. Unleash and expand your self-pleasure or explore fresh partner intimacy with Maeve. Maeve is your elegant guided pleasure app with a continuously growing audio library of erotic stories, guided sessions, and soundscapes created by top-notch creative writers, sex and relationship therapists, poets, and orgasmic life experts, and brought to life by the most sultry voices and soundscapes. Give yourself or a lucky one the gift of pleasure and use the code ERIN20 to get 20% off your subscription. Details can be found in the show notes or head to withmave.com. Now let's jump back into the episode. That is an amazing thing. I had a friend who was like embroiled in the Me Too campaign in a very significant way. His entire life, his business and everything was um, destroyed essentially from multiple aspect uh, accusations against him. And I remember saying to him at the time, I'm really sorry that the feminine did that to you because I don't think that that's helping. You know, like from my perspective, we need healing and more attack isn't coming from the highest place. And he said, if this is my role on the planet at this time, he's like the pendulum needs to swing back. He's like, you can't stop the force of nature. It is the laws of this universe. The pendulum has been so patriarchal for so long. It needs to swing back before it's going to come back into some sort of balance. And he's like, if this is, if this gives these women an opportunity to express their pain and their hurt, and that will ultimately (sighs) lead to their healing, then perhaps that's what this is all for, which I think is a phenomenal, phenomenal perspective to say, yeah, there are some souls on this planet at this time who need to be in the face of these conflicts and these pains and the activism and, you know, like like in the fucking trenches of humanity at the moment. Oh, there's a kite thing. Like <laughs> it's kite season here in Bali and they have these giant kites that must be like 9 to 12 feet and this one was a bright purple bat with yellow eyes starting to get up off the ground but no it fell back down again (laughs) just over the back of the laptop it's a giant bat saying yes Erin you're telling the truth (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah. if your soul is calling you to be in the trenches if you have a dharma a need that you cannot a cause that you cannot not speak up for do it that's your sacred sacred work on the planet but it's also our sacred work to do this to protect ourselves, to put ourselves in safe environments, to keep our own personal energy high. A dear friend of mine, Jess, told me at the beginning of uh, the big COVID dilemma, I had a lot of guilt around privilege. Like here I am in Bali living this life while the world is going through that. Like, fuck, I feel bad that my choices had Mm. led me to such privilege. 
Like the choices that I've made to have the life that I have now are a combination of 39 years of choices. Some of them led me away from this, but honestly, the last 10 years, it's this cumulative effect of making these kind of choices. So I didn't just like get dropped in this privilege without working for it. I worked my fucking ass off to have this life, to face so much fucking inner Uh shit to have this life now. So I said to Jess, like, I'm really struggling with this sense of privilege that I have that so many people are suffering on the planet. And she said, Erin, we all make up the human body where each an individual cell, humanity, if you think about us as a cell of the human body, it doesn't serve, if you stub the toe, it doesn't serve the toe that the eyeball struggles or the eyeball is suffering. Mm. The eye must operate at its best. Regardless, the body knows how to heal that toe. The body will do what it needs to do in that localized way. Your job in humanity right now is to be the best version of you that you can be. And when it's your time, you'll do your healing work. You'll contribute to the things that you're designed to contribute to, but do not suffer for the sake of other people's suffering. Allow yourself to thrive. Know that this is your contribution at this very difficult time on the planet to be the best version of you. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. And in so, that, you know, you, sh- you, you show what's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the end of the day, like in that you are an embodied example of what's possible, babe. And, and, and if we can be in the same timeline, in the same dimension, in the same place in history, and we can have a dramatically different, different experience, it just shows that it's possible for other yes. people as well. You know, I was thinking this too, because I was thinking, well, You know, this is our version of a world war. My grandmother was 13 when the war came. She had to hide under desks at her school in Scotland. You know, like their lives were interrupted at 13. It was a very real survival, you know, live or die reality for them to go through the war, to go through the depression, and then to come out the other side and then go, well, now let's have kids. But you can imagine their level of development and the trauma that they've been carrying, then those kids are my parents. And then my parents who are the children of wartime babies and a lot of European immigrants would be a very common story for many Australians of my generation. Then they have us like what fucking privilege, like of course our parents have trauma. Of course our parents have done us an injustice in the way that they've raised us. Look at where they've come from. We're two steps away from that world war. So I think to myself, well, this is my generation's time on the planet. But as I was reflecting back on World War II, I would think I read so many stories when I was a kid about concentration camp survivors and, you know, like Anne Frank and hidden Jews. And I've read all of these stories. And then I thought there were Jews that would escape, that would run into the forest and would find a farmer and would get protected and hidden and fed we never heard the stories about the farmers we never heard the stories about the other people it's history focused so much on the soldiers and the suffering and the holocaust that almost historically we forgot that there would be people who were outside of that still living their existence still doing their thing Mm -hmm. not every single Mm -hmm. being was in the depth of what was happening. And that's how I kind of feel about this situation, our Mm. generation's war as well. There will always be people on the outside of that. Like, yes, some souls have been contracted to come in and do this heavy, dark, in-the-trenches stuff. Souls have 
chosen to come in to be part of the people that pass to help humanity learn these lessons. Like since World War II, we now have United Nations. Out of a very, very difficult, traumatic, heavy, dark event on the planet, we created something to prevent that from happening again. World War I wasn't enough. After World War I, they created the League of Nations, but we needed a bigger lesson. Unfortunately, humanity needed to go through something bigger in order to transcend that. And up until now, we had that. We had learned from that. We had come together united to prevent something like that from happening again. Who knows what the future may hold for us. But when we zoom out and look at humanity over hundreds and hundreds of years, this is a tiny little blip. When we're in it, it's so fucking real. It's so fucking scary. We talked last night about the realities of you know, internet getting cut off or food supply getting cut off, like very real stuff in this moment. But from that larger mm. spiritual, higher perspective, we can look at the much bigger scheme of things and see that humanity needs to go through these times in order to mm. ascend and in order to evolve and to get there. Now, I have no idea how I even got onto this fucking rant or how I love it. Out I love a nice it. little pretty bow, but I, I was just it. thinking about leadership. All of this was essentially yeah. leading to leadership, which is like taking, you know, fucking taking what's right Ownership. for us and stepping up in the way that's right mm. for us, whether that's an activist, whether that's to cocoon ourselves in Bali and do our work online, whether that's to go completely off the grid and disappear for three years, like whatever. I know that you are also <laughs> really passionate about leadership at this time on the planet. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. <laughs> I'm going to stop this rant. <laughs> I want to hear your glorious. I think it was leadership. it was it was it was so beautiful. Like when I was listening to you, I just it's channel. You know, I was just listening to you, and I was just receiving your words. And I was again being in my body, just feeling like the resonance. I say, I often say, you don't you don't know truth. You feel it in your body. Mm. My truth will be different than your truth will be different mm-hmm. than someone else's truth. Mm-hmm. There is no one universal truth. Mm-hmm. You know and. Truth is what makes sense and what feels like it feels true to you. And I think in this time in history, it is of the most importance as all of our structures are crumbling. You know, our healthcare structures are crumbling. Our financial structures are crumbling. Our ability to travel around the world is crumbling. There is so much that is crumbling right now. Our our educational, you know, our institutions, like everything is changing the the online marketplace right now i think i heard somebody say that you know before the covid um it was a 300 million you know dollar industry the online um education industry now it's predicted after covid with everything that's going online it's going to be like a 3. Point something billion dollar industry wow. something around that like a dramatic change don't quote me on those numbers but i remember hearing it being like whoa that is insane and mm. right now we are we are becoming leaders and what i think is you know the old paradigm of leadership to me is like a pyramid Mm-hmm. Right. We talked about we don't like pyramid schemes. Right. So it's like <laughs> yeah. the old paradigm of, of leadership is like a pyramid. It's where you have the institution or the guru or the person at the top and then everybody just follows. They just follow and they feed into that. And sure, you're going to grow as you grow up the pyramid. But ultimately, the institutions, let's say. Um, or the structures outside of you, whether it's a guru or an institution, is the thing at the top. And you're just continuing mm-hmm. to be underneath. And what I feel new paradigm leadership is, is where we, 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 we turn from looking at someone as they have all the answers and they're the guru, whether it's an institution or a person, to looking around in our community and saying, 
wow, Aaron, you're really good at this modality of connecting to the darkness. And I really see how that's helped you transform who you are today and integrate these pieces of yourselves and your sexuality. That's really fucking inspiring. I want that. And then I look over at Stacey and I'm like, Stacey, you're really good at fucking online and sharing, sharing your, your, your marketing. Like you're, you're just killing it in business. And then I look over at Jane and I say, Jane, you're an incredible healer. And I know you've been working with those essential oils and you seem to never get sick. And now all of a sudden we're looking at each other and we're in mm-hmm. community and we're saying, holy shit, it's no longer about the thing outside of us. It's about looking around and saying, we all have different gifts. We all have different skills. We all have different tools. And not one person is whole and complete in and of themselves, Mm -hmm. right? You mentioned human design. This is what human design teaches us. We need each other. And so instead of thinking that someone or something has the answers, we look around and we say, okay, I want to learn from you and I want to learn from you and I want to learn from you. And here, I'm happy to share these things. And now we, I see the seed of life. It's these circular communities mm-hmm. that are coming together and like we used to sharing each other's gifts, sharing each other's skills, and we're going to continue to go around and blossom. And, and it puts the hands back in the people. It puts the hands back in you as an individual mm-hmm. who has gifts and skills and tools. And it's important that you share them. And now in a world where everything is changing, it is so deeply important that we not play small that we take those risks, that we listen to our bodies, that we listen to intuition, that we think about what are our natural gifts, what lights us up, what turns us on, what makes us feel alive. And we go do that because so many people lost their job in COVID. Mm -hmm. Thank fucking spirit for that. Mm -hmm. Thank fucking spirit that you don't have to go to the job that you didn't like and and, and you were depressed Mm -hmm. and yeah, provided you safety, but the safety was really just keeping you in a system that didn't actually allow you to make enough money in order to go travel the world like a free being think Mm -hmm. this thing. Let's choose to see this COVID thing as something that's a blessing rather than a curse. Mm -hmm. And from that space, we'll create more opportunities than we will stories of, you know, pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's important for everyone to start stepping up and to start saying, if I was creating my reality, if I just believed, this is a great thing to, to, you know, wrap this up with the questions. If, If I believed, if I just wanted to play pretend for one moment, and think if I could create my own reality, if I was just so powerful enough that I could create my own reality, what would that look like? What would I do? What would that feel like? And if you start to play in that realm and you write it down, that's the first step of manifestation going from mind to matter, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm writing it down. And then you ask yourself, what is one thing that I could do in order to start creating that reality? One thing. It might be that you you have a super healthy body and that you have the best relationship ever and you you never feel like you work a day in your life and you're well supported. That might be your manifestation. The one thing might be, I'm going to choose to eat really fucking healthy today and really listen to, for the next week, I'm going to really listen to everything I put in my body and I'm going to very, very intentionally tune in. And when it makes me feel light and expansive and good, I'm going to continue eating it. When it makes me feel heavy and dense and lethargic, I'm just going to say no. That might be the one thing. And just by doing that, you become an embodied leader. And just by doing that, you impact other people around you and you become an influential being. And I think that that's super important right now in the time in history that we're in. Yes. My chiropractor said to me yesterday, I was explaining to her this family difficulty that I'm going through. And she said, oh, this is very, very good right now, Erin. She's like, you're looking at what systems do not work in your life. She's like, globally, collectively, Mm -hmm. the systems that do not work are collapsing. 
We're seeing for the betterment of all of us, you know, to be able to build something. If we stay in the system, yes, we could create change and evolution, but it would be slow because the healthcare system is faulty. The education system is faulty. The the distribution of funds and wealth on the planet is faulty. So like to change it from within is hard. If we can collapse it all and build again, we will ascend much sooner. So she was saying at this time, while all the external systems are collapsing, the best work any of us can do is work on our internal systems and have a look at what might not be working in our life and how can we improve ourselves. That is, again, our contribution to everything that's happening on the planet is like, is it good that I stepped out of toxic family dynamics? Yes, it's very good. Is it difficult? Yes, it's very difficult. Does that allow us space to create something healthier? Yes, it does. You know, whether that, like you said, it's our body, it's our heart, it's our mind, it's every layer of our being, it's our sexuality. What systems in our sexuality are toxic and unhealthy and where do we need to heal and evolve and grow? And yet again, this is our contribution to the planet at this time and always. But particularly at this time, if you're feeling powerless, you're not. (laughs) There there may be external forces that give you the appearance of powerlessness, but your personal power within is always there. And you can continue to make choices to have more and more and more personal power. And that is going to change the world. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) So tell me, beloved, well, tell my beautiful audience, beloved, how can they find you? Then they're going to want more. I know they're going to want more. (laughs) Yeah. I want more. There goes the bat kite again. And it's up in the air this time. There it goes. Success. There we go. That's it. That's somebody, you know what I see that as? It's like somebody who like trying to get up, they hear this podcast and they're like, yes, I feel so inspired. I feel so empowered. I'm going to try to get it. And you try to get up and you fail. And, and then, and the, and the next, the, the next time you're like, okay, no, I'm going to try again. And when you try again and you try again, eventually you will fly. And so that's, that's yes. my metaphor for, for that whole kite situation here. Oh, you know, you know, I think the Indonesians <laughs> are not a highly educated culture. They would know, I could not go down into that field and talk to those guys about aerodynamics. There is aviation, you know, like thermo, none of it. If I tried to explain to them how you have to get a giant 12 foot fucking kite in the sky, academically, they would not understand. You give it to them and they fucking know that group of young men, sometimes really young boys, they know how to read the fucking wind. They know the the fucking elevation. They know the velocity. They, they, they know in an embodied way what other people might have to sit and learn at university for to understand aviation. Like it's incredible. And yeah, they, yeah. they're working with invisible forces. You don't know when the wind is going to support your elevation when it's not, and they're not going to stop. They're not going to go, Oh, failed. We're no good at kites. Give that up. They're just going to keep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep going until they, yeah. like it's quite phenomenal to look up in the sky and I don't even know how high those, kites must fly but like they are achieving phenomenal phenomenal feats of nature yeah it's incredible so true so back to you my love how can they find you how can they find me so instagram is probably the place that i that i hang out most commonly and that's all you'll get information to all the all the 
juicy things, the reels, the stories. That's how, like, I think Instagram is like the one thing that's really amazing about Instagram is just that people get to really see us as individuals. Like you would have seen my date night with you last night. If you followed me on Instagram, <laughs> I'm like, what's the matter doing? Yeah. But that's where I share most of my stuff. And then of course there's my website, which you can also find on Instagram, but it's amandabickham.com. And right now I have a, a beautiful, beautiful journey for women who are feeling this call to like want to step into leadership for women who are like, Oh my God, I'm so inspired by Erin Amanda, but I just don't even know where to begin. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm an imposter. I feel like it's so far away. Like, let us just tell you it is not, it is not, it is not, it is right here and you don't have to do it alone. And so that's called the art of feminine leadership, which you can also find either, either on my website or Instagram is the easiest and Instagram. I don't know if I said at Madame Bickham, Madame Bickham. Amazing. So everything will be in the show notes anyway, so they can easily find you and absolutely follow you. You're worth following your, as I said, your content has already changed my life in the short window of time that I know you. So I look forward to many, many, many more amazing experiences and expansions with you, my love. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Sex and Healing. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in coming along for my Meet the Goddess six-week journey, please follow the links, join the wait list, or if you're ready to sign up, sign up. All the details are in the show notes. Come and find me on Instagram, share the love, let me know any takeaways you had, what you loved, what triggered you, any questions at all, I want to know it all. Make sure that you subscribe and share this episode. And until next time, laugh loud and fuck louder.